0: So, you're gonna have a baby. You're gonna have a baby. You're gonna have a baby. You're going to get a lot of advice.
1: Ignore 90% of it. It's, it's worthless. Here's some good advice.
0: In a world that's constantly telling you how wrong you are, we want to tell you what's right with you. David McKnight is a counselor, speaker, and consultant who helps people discover how they're wired as a person. His concepts have revolutionized how people see themselves once they learn the principles behind what's right about you. Here now is David McKnight. David, most of the time when we talk on the podcast, we're talking about what's right about you. Yes. And today we're going to talk about what's right about you as a parent,
1: right? That's a big aspect of it because it is a way that parents have to begin seeing their children through their child's eyes rather than their eye.
0: You said something to me about sometimes children are required to do more than just be a child. Or how did you say that? Yeah,
1: sometimes we have forced our children to, in essence, be the parent. They don't want to be the parent. (laughs) They want to be the child. So... Over the years, I suppose the last 25, 30 years of interviewing people of all ages and sizes and descriptions, it has come pretty clear to me that we all have this behavioral DNA in us, the way we see the world, the way we respond to it, the way we want to interact with the world. And it's unique to us. And as a parent, we want to impress upon our child certain values that we believe are right for them. And so we begin to look at our child through our own behavioral DNA, and we look for situations that match up in what they're doing. And if we don't see it, then we want to impress upon them our way of thinking. I mean, as a consultant, I've had consultants come to me and say, you know, my clients just aren't getting it. And I asked them, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'm trying to get them to be like me. Literally I've had consultants say that who are trying to work with people. I said not they don't want to be like you, they want to be like themselves and it's your job to help bring that out. So as parents it's our job as I say read our child's story as opposed to write on there, to write their story, read their story, and let them do the writing. And there's ways to begin to do that. And over the years, I've sat around the table with families and their children and had us tell stories about each other and try to help parents who are struggling in their parenting, try to help them find a word or two that was unique to their child to help them begin to parent them through that Word. Now, an example is I've got a daughter who's now 27, and at age about three or four, I began to actually try to do that. What are the words? What are the key things that light up her life when she's engaged in it and when she's talking? And we discovered that there were a few words that were unique to her language and not our language, not mine or my wife's. And we began to experiment when we would put that word in a conversation with her, how she responded. So the word primarily for my daughter was Plan or some derivative of that word, or what are we going to do? Those kinds of questions would come out of her mouth, and I'm much more organic. I'm just let's just fly with it and see what happens. And that was never good enough for my daughter. Well, we began to flesh that out more and more, and had her do some assessments when she got to be kind of a teenager to help her get some better understanding of that, and then helped her begin to see this is who you are. And kind of like you give somebody 40 acres, this land is your land, you can do whatever you want with it, you can stand and look at it outside the fence or you can get in and cultivate it and make something of it. I said, these words that describe you are your words. They're not mine, they're yours. Own them, take control of them. See how they operate with you. See how they work when you're playing, when you're in school and various things and activities. And she began to do that. And of course, I was constantly reminding her of that. And then there were certain values, of course, I wanted her to have. And I realized I need to make those values stick And just telling her wasn't going to make it happen. But when I told her in line with what I knew her words were or what was important to her, then they began to stick. And how I knew that? Because she began repeating them back to me. And I began seeing those values being lived out in her life. I think she was in high school. It was Christmas time. And she had a present for me. Of course, we're passing out presents. And one of them was the book, His Story. And I think it's a compilation of Jesus' sayings and his life all in one book, His Story. And, oh, this is great. I like this book. And I opened the book up, and inside was an inscription that she had written. And she says, Dad, thank you for helping me understand how my story fits into his story. And that summed up what I had been trying to do all along, helping her understand her story. Not the story I wanted her to have, but the story he had written in her life already.
0: So, you have titled this, Your Child is Not a Slate to Write on. And that reminds me of the proverb that talks about raise up a child in the way that he or she should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So, is that the same process that you're talking about today?
1: Back when I was beginning to formulate this whole idea, possibly, that verse kind of came to me, or I ran across it and I went, oh, It says, train up a child in the way they should go. It doesn't say, you think they should go. And in my work with adults and trying to help them with their career or various things that they were involved in, they would oftentimes talk about their their life with their children and, and the things that they would wish for their children or want for their children. And it was always from their perspective. Like, I want my son to be a soccer player. Why? Because I love soccer. Well, the child, if he doesn't have a predilection to like soccer, he might play with it for a while, but he isn't going to actually enjoy it. So I want people to know, to believe that there's something unique about their children, just as there is about themselves and their spouse. There's a uniqueness to that child. They're not just a ball of mush to form. No, there's definitely in us a DNA that describes uniquely our physical characteristics. No one is like us. And I believe, and I suppose it's anecdotal evidence, but hundreds and hundreds of people I've interviewed and talked to, I haven't found anybody that's just alike. Everybody has something unique about them that puts their stamp on whatever they're engaged in. So as I talk with my daughter, because she's been kind of my at-home laboratory experiment all these years, and we talk openly about her design and how it's playing out, and when she has a bad day, she knows, yeah, because I didn't get to participate in it, I had to be somebody else. I had to bend myself in a way to do this job. And She had three or four different jobs before she went to law school, and some jobs felt good, some aspects of those jobs were good, and some weren't, but... What kept her going was knowing that she had an internal job description, this design that was hers, and it wasn't being maxed up, and it wasn't being fed, so she didn't beat herself up. She just said, okay, that's just not who I am, and I can do this for a period of time, but I know I won't ultimately have to do this, and I wanted her to understand that she was in charge of her life and growing her life and to take information in according to the way She takes it in to know how that is and to put herself in a position to win as opposed to not knowing and hoping that if you throw this against the wall, it'll stick. Now, she knows exactly now at 27 what makes her happy, what gives her joy, what brings her satisfaction in her work and in her life. So as a parent, I'm very excited about that, and I want other parents to know that their child is looking for affirmation. They want to know, first of all, is home, is where I'm living a safe place? And at home, do I get any sense that I have something special? So that's what I was always trying to bring to light in my own home, was to help her understand, even at age six and seven and eight, there's something you got that's special and let's grow it. Let's take command of it. Let's see how this works. So as a child in elementary school, she had a wonderful gift to plan things out. And so I would give her little opportunities to plan something, say we're going to go on a vacation. We go to the cabin in the summertime quite often, and I would say to her, Meredith, what do you think I should do before we go? What should mom do, and what should you do? Could you make a list, because she obviously was old enough to write things out. And she would come up with a wonderful list of things for all of us to do. And my wife reminded me the other day, she said, I never have had to pack Her suitcase. She could always pack herself because she knew what it is she wanted. She plans ahead. And sometimes she has come to me and said, Dad, I'm so sorry. I just have to make a list. And I said, but that's how you're made. Don't feel sorry. That's who you are. That's how you get things done. So there is, in every child, and I've interviewed and talked to lots of kids, and I've had the privilege of helping some teenagers think about what it is they want to be in life and have had opportunities over years to check in with them and have them come back to me and say, this is working, this is working. I had one situation where I met with this high school senior, or he was a junior senior, and I went to his father later on and says, your son... He's going to be a builder. He's an engineer. And that had never crossed his mind. He didn't see it at all. But when I asked that child, what are the things that he's enjoyed doing and felt he's done well and what was satisfying about those things? And he wrote these things down and we talked about them there definitely was strong sense of making something happen, building it. Well, he became a boat builder. Now he's working on those boats that, where they do these uh, sail things down in Australia. He's building those kind of boats now. But I met with him when he was in high school. And every once in a while he would call me, and he made several moves across the country, and yet he's found something that just brings him joy. And that's what I think God wanted us to be. I think the word for work in Hebrew is abedah. It means worship. And he created us to to do good things and to make things and make things happen, to be creative. I think so many people in our work situations today are so unhappy because they are trying to do something that doesn't quite fit with them, and they're trying to bend themselves to match up with it, and it just doesn't work. A recent survey reports that nearly half of employed people in the world are unhappy with their jobs. 22 News reporter Caitlin Gosley explains why.
0: The staffing agency Kelly Services surveyed 120,000 people worldwide, and almost half of them said they are not happy at work. So let me just put it in my own layman's terms. So what you're saying is parents need to basically ask questions and discover how that child and what words that child uses to describe themselves and their interests, and then develop a way to coach that, to use that and train that so that child is going in the direction they are made rather than in the direction I want them to go. Is that correct?
1: Yes. The parent has to have a real strong sense of belief that there is something unique there. If you believe that you can impress upon your child to do what you want them to do, then you're going to miss a wonderful story that needs to be read.
0: So a lot of times I would say that if a parent is a doctor or a lawyer, for example, that's how we want our children to kind of follow in our footsteps. But that may not be the kind of propensity for that child's giftings or interests.
1: Exactly. I worked with a young lady. She was in college and she had a wonderful creative gift and she would do videos in school and she was an actor. And she the whole dramatic creative side of her was just alive. She was also very smart and had a proclivity to do math and science. That was also in her field. And her father was a doctor and really wanted her to take that math issue and become a teacher because you could have a good life as a teacher. And so she cooperated with that and did all the things necessary. But the Juilliard School of Music was offering an opportunity to audition down in Chicago. And she had a sister that was in Madison at the university and she told her parents, I'm gonna go down and visit my sister. Well she kept on going to Chicago and went to this hotel where she auditioned for Juilliard. So she sat there and there were like two or three hundred kids they're all going through all the machinations you go through and you to try to come before this committee and do your thing. She sat on the floor and just did math problems because she just did her homework. Well, she got an invitation to go to Juilliard. So she sprung that on her parents. She went to Juilliard, and then she went to Hollywood and did some stuff in Hollywood. It was on TV. But there was an example of that gift was never really fanned by her parents. They were looking at it from their perspective, what brought what would bring them joy and didn't see the joy that that would bring her It's interesting now that my my daughter is more mature, doing more mature things. And what she does is getting tighter and tighter with who she is to the point where she doesn't really want to come home from work because she's having so much fun. They say
0: by the time most people are 40, they want to change occupations and often do career changes at that time. So, David, it seems to me that what you're talking about is, has such great benefits for the child primarily, but even for the parents to know that you're raising your children in the best interests of your child and that they will be the most satisfied in life because they're kind Kind of going along the way they are gifted.
1: Yes. My daughter has worked very hard. She just It doesn't just, just didn't happen because she kind of understands that. She realized she had to work at this. And I was just reminded of this this week, how hard she has worked and determined, hit several brick walls and been in work situations. She was so unhappy. But at the end of the day, she always knew, but this is who I am. And I will get to that place someday. So she has an, an abundance of determination more than I, more than I do. I mean, I'm kind of in awe, but I hope it's because she understood who she was at such an early age. I know that wasn't my case. I mean, I was wandering around, had a sense that, you know, I can do this, but no one ever said, you should do that. My parents didn't say it. No one said it. No teacher ever said it. And so it wasn't something that I cultivated. And it wasn't until I got to a point in life where I now had some time to just go do what I wanted to do. And I began to see how things began to form. And I've often thought, gee, I wish I'd have known that at a much earlier age.
0: Well, you became out of a home of a preacher, and I think people wanted you to be a preacher, and you went to school to become somewhat of a preacher, but yet you became now a leader of leaders. You are a counselor, you are a visionary, and you help people through their leadership issues. So in a lot of way, you're a preacher to preachers.
1: Yeah, I've been called a pastor to the pastor, and I do fulfill that role from time to time where I kind of take a pastor under my wing and just kind of help them walk through whatever they're dealing with. I get great satisfaction out of that
0: yeah device. and you're very good at it and that's the other side so at the end of the day here david let's go back to where people begin as parents with their children uh, we don't want to make children a slate to write on yeah. what we want uh, our notations yeah. to be but we want to try to discover how that child feels about it so where do we begin let's just let's just conclude with some of those steps that you would recommend or see happening as parents
1: well begin to look at your child take your glasses off and by that I mean take your don't look at your child through your lens just see them as a fresh you've never met them before. Just just watch how they play. Watch what they say. You know, and sometimes we think we've got very difficult children or stubborn children or they won't listen, they won't obey. I think in large part it's because they're using a megaphone to say, hey, will you just get who I am? And I have to keep shouting and doing this stuff because you won't get it. And so There's a reason why you as as a spouse, one of you loves to plan the vacation. The other of you wants to just go. And it's not a sickness or disease either one of you have. That's how you're designed. And so it goes back to honoring what is in front of you. Honoring your children, honoring people in your life. Know that God's gifted them in a certain way, and for the most part, most of us don't know what that is. And so we're looking for affirmation, we're looking to be valued, we're looking to be encouraged. And I have the honor to sit with people and help them unpack that part of their life and watch an adult all of a sudden begin to really bloom because they now have found a sweet spot. I've helped people in job situations or done in search situations and people come back and say, I can't can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. It's so much fun. Well, it just matches up with what they inherently want to do as opposed to I somehow have to force myself to do this because I want a paycheck. And my daughter is in a situation now where she's an intern. She doesn't get paid a nickel. She's got to pay for her own parking to get to this job, but she doesn't want to leave at the end of the day because she's so happy because she knows this is what I want to do. It's in it's engaging her. So money isn't always the a big issue. It you know, We think it is, but she realizes that this activity so pleases her. And I think that's how it is for people who, when they understand boy, there's something about me. So there's a subject matter, tangible or intangible things that they want to be a part of. How do they play with kids? Do they play by themselves? Do they go up to their room alone or do they want to have someone with them? Are they in teams? If they're in teams, what's their role in the team? What do you see them doing? When they play sports, how are they playing? There's all kinds of ways you can begin to just look at your child with a sense of awe and and wonderment what are they doing? And then here's the kick. So when your child has done something that they're really happy about, ask them, so what was it about doing that activity that brought you so much joy? What was the satisfaction in it? And that will begin to give you some big keys Is the who is inside of your child what it is they want to do. I've interviewed lots of people, and oftentimes we, I want to go to childhood for, to find out some of these key things. For instance, I've interviewed lots of guys over the years. Many of them had paper roots, or they mowed lawns to get some spending money as a teenager. So I'd ask them, so what was it about that that you enjoyed? Because they chose that activity and everybody had a different thing. I like being able to throw that paper and hit the target every time. Oh, I like the, the, the order, getting my papers and getting them all in order. No, I like collecting them and meeting the people. They all had something different. Or if they're mowing yards, oh, I like the way I cut the grass. And they all had something about that activity that brought joy and satisfaction to them. And that's a key as to what they're going to want to do. because. If someone's selling lemonade at 8 years old on the corner, they very well be likely selling something when they're 38. So if they know that about themselves, why do you like to do that? And you can foster that in and grow them in that you've got something special. If you would
0: like to know more about what you've
1: heard today, you can contact David McKnight by calling
0: 612-990-6604. Again, that number is 612-990-6604.